we're going to take a look uh, at the greatness of God. And the big idea this evening is that God gives life to all fish, birds, insects, and land animals. And we're going to look at how we can apply that truth to our lives. Everything in Scripture, uh, the kids are used to me saying this, uh, and the adults should be by now as well. Uh, Everything in Scripture is for our benefit, and we can find ways to apply every part of God's Word to our life. And so as we read through some of these different things, oftentimes we read through an account such as the uh, days of creation, and we wonder, how can we uh, apply that to my life? What does it really matter to my life that on day five, God's making fish? You know, that this is something that we can apply, and, and I'm hoping uh, to be able to help us find some of this as we get into tonight's lesson. Uh, but let's take a look. Genesis chapter number 1, and we'll start reading in verse number 20. Uh, If you want to follow along, verse number 20 of Genesis chapter 1 says this, And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and the fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. Now kids, you might have to help your parents on some of this to help them know what a firmament is. But uh, we, we know what that is, and that's the, uh, the sky, the area above us, uh, and how God, we studied this last week, how God separated the waters on the land with the waters in the sky. He placed that firmament of, in the heavens. It says in verse 21, And God created great whales, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. And every winged fowl, After his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Verse 24. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and be the beasts of the earth after his kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Now, it's an interesting thing as we read through this, uh, we see something that is repeated over and over again. It's that word kind. Now, this word is repeated several times. It talks about uh, the things that are in the water. Uh, Verse number 21, brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And you continue to go through this, and one of the things that is stressed in, in the Bible, and this is something that was written thousands of years ago, is that animals, creatures, all of God's creation produces after its kind. Now, you know, you're going to hear a lot of people, especially in today's day and culture, uh, trying to teach you that you did not come after your kind. You came from something else. And once upon a time, there was a little bit of 
ooze. Some somebody uh, flicked a booger, I guess, and 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 then the out of that green ooze, you have uh, the, the, some uh, uh, cells that kind of started to form, and and one decided that it was tired of just being a single cell organism, and it decided it wanted to become uh, a tadpole or a fish, or and, you know, so they start to grow in these stories based on what they think. Uh, could have happened. But it's interesting, you cannot find where things produce after a separate kind. The horses produce horses. Fish produce fish. You're not going to have a half fish, half dog. It doesn't happen because they produce after their kind. And so we need to understand that God's Word was true long before man has ever caught up to it. And this foolishness that once upon a time you were a monkey, and before that you were a, uh, you were a fish, and before that you... No, come on, really? Because what they do is they trace everything back, and, and then they try to say, well, everything came from rock. And so next time you're walking through the parking lot and you accidentally kick a rock, apologize to your uncle. So this is what we need to to grasp is there's some foolishness in the world today that is trying to be passed off as science. And it does not make sense. The Bible is very simplistic when it simply says this. It says that the fish produced fish. Birds produce birds. Dogs produce dogs. Cats produce cats. People, people. You know, not too long ago, the human genome experiment decided to uh, uh, step out and go underway. And, and what the human genome experiment, experiment uh, determined was that all people came from an original two. That's an interesting thing because how can you have the original two if a lot of this evolution was taking place? And what's even more interesting is they, they say that this original two happened approximately in the area of about 10,000 years ago. That sounds a little closer to the biblical account than four billion years ago, a gaseous belch in the universe started everything. So let's take a look at a couple things in this. First thing that we want to notice is how the Bible answers questions about the origin of life. Uh, Let's look at just a few other passages of Scripture, and I'm going to give those to you as best I can, and I hope you can keep up. If you can't, that's all right. We're going to take a look at Psalm chapter 39. Psalm chapter 39. And let's see here. I'm sorry, chapter 36. Psalm 36. There we go. I know I just did something that everybody in the CDC says you're not supposed to do. I put my hand near my face. I apologize. Okay, Psalm chapter 36. Look at verse 9 with me. For with thee, the psalmist is talking to God, for with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. What does it say there that we find in God? The fountain of life. Life. 
Okay, let's take a look at something else. Look at the, uh, the Gospel of John, John chapter number 1. You go to the New Testament, maybe your Bible has red words, so look for those red letters. And it'll be the fourth book with the red letters in it. My Bible doesn't have red letters, so it's harder for me. You're going to have to hang on. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John chapter number 1. I want you to look what it says in verse 3 and 4. This is talking about Jesus. It says, All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. So what do we find in Jesus Christ? What do we find? Actually, let's just let's pause for just a minute. Go back to verse 1 and see who he's, who he's talking about here. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then if you drop down to verse 14, it says, And the Word was made flesh. And so the Word that was God was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father. This is talking about Jesus. Jesus is not just from God, but according to John 1.1, is God, and according to verse 3, made everything, and according to verse 4, in Him was life. Life. So where does all life come from? God. All life comes from God. If you were to read uh, in in other places, you have uh, uh, such as uh, Nehemiah chapter 9, you'll find that that God, uh, the Spirit, when God gives His Spirit to a creature, life happens. And so we want to know this type of thing, and we, we want to understand this. In Psalm 104 verse 29, what happens when God takes away His Spirit? When God takes away His Spirit, death. Death. Now, here's what I want you to understand very closely on this. You remember in Genesis, let's take a look in Genesis again. This is important for us to understand. Genesis chapter number 2, and look with me at verse number 8. And we're going to see what took place here. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward of Eden, And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now you know you've heard of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Let's see what happened here. Verse number 10, and, of the river, uh, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted and became into four, uh, into four heads. And the name of the first is Pison, and the, uh, that is uh, it which uh, compasseth the whole land of Havala, where there is gold, and the gold of the land is good, and the and delium of the onyx stone. The name of the second river is Gion, the, uh, the same as that which compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. Now, I want you to drop down and look at verse number 15. And the Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Out of the tree of the garden, out of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. 
Now, you know, a common question that comes uh, when people study uh, some of these type of things and they look and they see, uh, well, wait a minute, God said that in the day Adam eats that he would die. But Pastor Andy, I thought Adam lived to be like 900 and something years old. That's right. But then was God wrong? No. Because just as we learned, all life comes from God. Man was united with God in the garden. But in the day that they ate of that tree and they put something in front and between them and God, they were separated from God. And if all life comes from God, when we're separated from life, what do we have? Death. And so the Bible is true. And so summary of the first point there is that the Bible confirms that God is life. All life comes from only one source. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how do we apply that to our life? First, we praise God for supplying us with each breath every day. Let's look at the second thing here in, in uh, Genesis chapter number 1. Let's reread just a little bit. Uh, verse number 20. It says, And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and the fowl that uh, may fly above the earth in the uh, open firmament and, uh, of heaven. And great uh, God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Let's see what God is doing here on day five of creation. If you'll notice there very carefully, whatever God speaks comes into being. You notice that? God says, this needs to come forth, and that's what comes forth. Now, you know that there are scientists that are called uh, ichthyologists. That's a big word, isn't it? Ichthyologists. Uh, you know, there's a word in there that maybe you've heard of before. Have you ever seen people driving around with those little fish on the back of their, uh, on the back of their cars? That's called an ichthus. Ichthus. Now, <clears throat> uh, these ichthus, uh, what you've got is these, uh, uh, it, it's, it means a little fish. So an ichthyologist is someone who studies, guess what? Fish. Scientists called ichthyologists have identified nearly 27,000 species of fish, vertebrates, bony fish. That's just living today. So we don't know what we have lost. There's been many that we have uh, never found. Scientists called ornithologists study birds, and they have identified nearly 10,000 species of birds living today. You know, the thing that we need to catch out of that, are you ready for this? God gives life to all different creatures. All different creatures. So let me ask you this question. Think about it for a minute. How and why do you stay alive today? Think about that. You know, there was a guy that wrote years ago by the name of G.K. Chesterton, and he said this, All people are religious when they sleep. You think about that. When you lay down and go to sleep at night, you are trusting God. That's a beautiful thing. Every living creature depends on God to survive whether He admits it or not. 
Look at verses 24 and 25 with me, and we're going to start to make our way to the end of this. Verse 24 says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. On day six, God was now ready to populate the land. He was ready to put things on the, on the ground. And on the day, sixth day of creation, God filled the land with creepy crawlers, with uh, little hairy hoppers and, and uh, woolly walkers. And, uh, you know, so scientists that are called entomologists have identified between somewhere from six to ten million species of insects living today. Can you imagine? How would you like that job to try to count all of those guys? Now, another group of scientists called herpetologists have identified uh, between 10,000, around 10,000 species of reptiles and around 7,000 different kinds of amphibians, mostly frogs. Think about that. Then there are zoologists who have identified nearly 5,500 species of mammals living today. That's a whole lot. And we've got a great God that was able to make them and more. On the sixth day, if you look there in verse 25, what did God declare about all those creepy crawlers, hairy hoppers, and woolly walkers? Look what He says there at the very end. And God saw that it was good. Listen. Everything God does is good. Never forget that. Never forget that God is is not uh, out in left field somewhere trying to figure out what's going on, trying to figure out what to do next. No, 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 no. God does everything good. Now, people can ask things about, you know, what's going on right now with this uh, coronavirus and everything. Understand, this does not change the fact that God is good. It doesn't change that fact. And so when you're, when you're sitting at home and you're worried and you're talking to mom and dad and you're like, Mom, Dad, I just, I'm, afraid, I'm afraid to, I better not breathe. I might, no, come on. And then we ask questions like this. Well, why would God do that? Boys and girls, I want you to hear me very loudly and very clearly. God made everything good. Everything that He's made. He said it was good. And then sin came. You see, boys and girls, man decided that he wasn't satisfied with God's good. Man decided he he wanted more. And that's why when he finally took of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he decided, I want to be in control. And look what happened. You know, if you were to read the whole account in chapter 3 of Genesis where the, the serpent is tempting Eve and he's trying to trick her. If you were to read that account, you know what you'd find? He says this, In the day that you eat of it, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. 
You know what that really can be translated to mean? If you take exactly what he's saying, he's saying you'll be able to decide for yourself what's right and wrong. And Adam and Eve thought that sounded pretty good. And so they decided they didn't want God in charge anymore. They decided they wanted to be in charge. And that's why you have messes like we have today. But boys and girls, it'd be kind of sad if that was the end of it. But I want you to understand something. God didn't leave us in that position. No, 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 no. Matter of fact, back then he even told Adam, he says, I'll take care of it. He says, I'll get it covered. And God knew before He created what He was going to do. He knew long before He spoke the worlds into existence, before He reached down into the dust of the ground and and formed man with His own hands, before any of that, God knew what He was going to do. He knew that He was going to come to earth. He knew He was going to live a life being hated, despised, and rejected. And He did it for you. He did it because He doesn't want you left in this mess. He says, I've got so much better for you. The relationship that that I wanted for you to have, uh, you, you don't have it, but I can give it to you. And the Bible says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. you know what that means? That means I don't have to be stuck trying to figure things out on my own. I have a relationship with the one who did it perfectly. And it's good. So here's at the end of it all. Here's what I want you to get and understand. On the sixth day, God created every animal that moves on the land. On the fifth day, He made all the fish and all the birds. And in all of that, is there anything that God made that is exactly like you? Is there? There's nothing. You were fashioned by God Himself. God created you, made you unique, and there will never be another you. But the question is this, why? Why would God create you? Well, you know our memory verse for... Uh, this whole trail, trail 10, ten, comes from Genesis chapter 1. Look at verse 27 in Genesis chapter 1. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God created He him. Male and female created He them. You know why He made you? To be in His image. And so ask yourself, well, how can I be in the image of God? Well, it first starts by knowing Him. If you don't know Him, you can't, you can't replicate Him. You can't mimic Him. But the more I know Him, the more I try to pattern my life after Him. 
the more I try to copy Him. The more I know Him, the more I want to be like Him. And so, here's what I'd like you to do. Especially my young ones uh, from uh, Disciple Land. What I'd like for you to do is when we're finished with this, I want you to talk to your mom and dad. I want you to talk to your grandma and grandpa. I want you to talk with someone that's with you. And I want you to just figure out ways that you can be more like Christ. Ask mom and dad or ask your grandma and grandpa or your brother and sister. Oh, there you go. You'll get a good answer from them. Ask them. Say, how can I be more like Jesus? What's, just, just give me one thing that I can work on today. One thing. And between now and the next time that we get together, just work on that one thing. How can you be more like Jesus? Maybe you need to talk to mom and dad and just say, you know what, mom, dad, I'm not sure if I know Jesus, let alone how to be like him. Maybe today's the day that you need to get that ironed out. I'm sure they would absolutely love to talk to you about that. All right, let's have a word of prayer and then I'll give you just a couple more instructions and then we'll be finished for tonight. Father God, thank You, Lord, that You fearfully and wonderfully made us. Father, I pray, Lord, that You would watch over and protect uh, these little ones, Father, their parents, their grandparents. God in heaven, I know that I, I went off of a, uh, one of the lessons from our disciple land, but I believe it was applicable to everyone that was listening. And Father, help us not to grow cold to the truth of how good and wonderful You are. You are the Creator of all. And You came to Your creation. You laid Your life down. And Father, You paid the penalty for my sin. And I thank You for that, Lord. The thought that the Creator of the universe wants me. I'll never fully understand it but I'm so thankful for it. Father, I pray, Lord, that You would help the rest of this evening go well for these. Uh, maybe maybe they're getting a little bit of cabin fever, but Father, help them to lean on You and to trust You. You weren't caught off guard. You weren't surprised by any of this. And Father, You still have a plan, and I'm excited to see how You're going to further the Gospel through what's taking place in our world today. Father, draw people to You. The one that doesn't know You, let today be the day that they come to know You personally as their Lord and Savior. The one who does know You, Father, I pray that today they would find something, a way to be more like You, to be in Your image a little bit clearer. Father, we pray these things with great expectation and anticipation because we believe You'll do them. In your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, guys and girls, in the Disciple Land book, you should be on 10.2 today, and I would go ahead and start working on 10.2 and maybe even get caught up on 10.3. Now, you can use some of this extra time that you've got. You've got a lot of extra time. You're home from school and everything, so you can get caught up on some of those sections that you haven't done. Remember, you can say your verses to your parents, your grandparents, just you need to get them to sign it. Do your worksheets in your books, and we want to make sure that we get as much of this accomplished as we can. We don't want to be real far behind when we get back to everything. 
But uh, if no one's told you yet today, shame on all of them. Pastor Andy loves you, and I'm thankful that I got the opportunity to be with you. Uh, Adults, it's good that you all tuned in. I'm so thankful that you did. Now you have a little bit of an idea of what the kids are learning, and uh, and I'm grateful uh, that you all uh, afford me the opportunity to be able to be with them weekly. I'm looking forward to getting to see you all again. I miss you, and I can't wait till we're back together. God bless you. Have a good day.